Welcome, welcome, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Back Row Lessons Podcast. We are so glad you made it in time. My name is Paul Davis, and I am joined by my co-host and royal diplomat, Nolan Meschke. <laughs> hey, everybody. How you doing? So glad for you guys to be back. Uh, we had a great week here. Uh, it was a blizzard on Monday, and by today, it was 60 degrees outside, so <laughs> we went through a whole years worth of uh seasons and, yeah it's supposed to rain this week too we go through it all here uh <laughs> but in in history at least at least last week before all this snow and craziness uh we were talking about king elizabeth or not king elizabeth that would be interesting but queen elizabeth the first father and her mother uh king henry the eighth of england and anne bolin uh how their Marriage was just illustrious, lasted forever, and there was no problems and nothing. Oh, nope, she, she was beheaded. Uh, <laughs> Anne Boland was beheaded at the end of the episode, uh, along with her brother. Uh, mm-hmm. So Elizabeth is uh, has not a fun childhood so far, but uh, th- today we're going to get a little bit more into it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I should tell you, Nolan, this, this week's episode is kind of an Arnold Palmer of history. Interesting. So the first half is going to be this royal you know, petty drama stuff. And okay. then the other half is just going to be some good old-fashioned warfare. Okay, so, so like an Arnie Palmer, like yeah, bittersweet. W- one, okay. in, one half cool. and one half, yeah. You Do can you have drink Ar- Arnie Palmer? They're all right. I like okay. lemonade. I'm kind of split on iced tea. If you have a good iced tea, it's great, but mm. I love lemonade just by itself. But uh, before we get into all that uh, lemonade tales uh, and <laughs> iced tea tales, yeah, I guess the iced tea tales works because we're talking about the British. Um <laughs> We would like to say everyone. We would like to say thank you to everyone. Actually. Oh yeah, thank but you for all the listens, listens, reviews, ratings, mm-hmm. whatever it is, wherever it is, whether it be Apple, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever. We love it. Oh yeah, those ratings and reviews truly help the podcast grow. Like honestly, and it helps it to be recommended to others. Uh, I can't just go on you know dating apps and tell every girl <laughs> that I match with to listen to my podcast for, forever. I'm going to run out of people. Hopefully. <laughs> um, and, you know, they might want to hear this craziness, and we want to get them into it. Uh, I was uh, a history major. I didn't, as much time as I spent on the computer, I didn't understand how they really worked. All I know is if you turn the on button on, it better come <laughs> on or else I'm taking it in. Uh, so we don't know how the algorithm works, but when you give us a good review, it boosts us up. Yeah. Leave us a comment. Say anything. Yeah, we don't really care what you say. Uh, tell us how the weather was wherever the hell you are. <laughs> I think that would be great. Uh, so... One last thing we want to do before we, uh, before we get in. It's our disclaimer. Uh, mm-hmm. As we like to do each week, this is a comedic history show. Sadly, we got to do it. Yep. Uh, everything presented here is it's researched. It's factual to at least the best capabilities we can. Uh, we can't go in back in time, at least not yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, jokes are going to be made. I am going to mispronounce some words. Last The past two weeks, it's been English words. This week, it's some English words, but also a li- little bit of Turkish. Mm-hmm. We're throwing nice. a little spice in it this week for you. <laughs> uh, nothing here is going to be in a monotone manner. Uh, we don't have a script. Uh, just, a, just a bunch of notes in front of us here. We're going to get immature and crude. We're going to make some funny jokes. Uh, if that does not sound enjoyable... Not a problem. Really isn't. Yeah. Uh, this might be where we go our separate ways. Mm-hmm. But if a few jokes between a lot of history sounds good to you, I think we are all ready to dive in. Yeah. If you get bored or offended or you think you have better things to do, and then just, you know, either listen to us another time or just, like Paul yeah. said, let's just part some ways. Yeah. Fast forward through us or listen to us while you're sleeping. Either way, we get to listen. So you ready, <laughs> Nolan? You ready for some history? Oh, yeah. Fuck. Let's do this. Awesome. Let's... Jump on in. <laughs> there we go. So, like we were saying last week, we were we were up in England for a tumultuous royal affair. Yeah, some family issues. From a lot remember. of family issues. Uh, some daddy issues. Some d- daddy. Some jealousy. Some ex-wife yeah. issues. A whole roundabout. Henry, right? Yeah, Henry. Yeah, that piece uh, that, of shit. That's him. Uh, and if we want to just remember in particular near the end, 
Anne was dead. She was uh, mm. beheaded and then buried. Uh, she got her own burial, right? Yeah, she got her uh, own okay. burial. But uh, Henry, uh, he was already moving on, or he had already moved on prior. <laughs> she doesn't give a shit. Oh, he does not give a, a shit. Garbage. Uh, he had met another woman by the name of Jane Seymour. Or Seymour. This is uh, how fast he had moved on from Anne. The two of them were bethroned on May 20th, 1536, okay. the day after Anne Boland's execution. The day after he's already what? moved on. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't stop with Henry. Even the first thing we ha- I have to mention in this episode is him being a piece of shit. But yeah, the day after, it's like, all right, she's, <laughs> she's in the ground. I think I can propose to, to Jane now. I think okay. we're good. Uh, yeah, piece of shit. Ten days later, so 11 days after his previous wife is executed, mm. uh, the couple... Anne, or not Anne, Jane and Henry. He's going through so many women. Uh, Jane and Henry were married. So okay. 11 days after his previous wife's death, he's already married, which is way too fast. Okay. So less than two weeks after his wife was executed, he's already remarried. Dang. That is, that guy moves on fast. Yeah, he, he is a player. <laughs> uh, so they were married at the Palace of Whitehall in London in what I saw as being described as the Queen's Closet. Mm, does it have white hallways? Uh, I don't know, but <laughs> I just love the yeah. fact that it was in the Queen's Closet. And I was like looking up, like, is this just like a term? Like, is this a British term for okay. like a... yeah. I don't think so. So the only thing I can imagine is they were literally like in the closet getting married. <laughs> so it's like a small like Type ceremony. Intimate. Yeah. The way we used to like hot box a closet smoking weed, they were performing <laughs> a royal marriage. Um, and that was performed by a uh, Bishop Stephen Gardner. Uh, and here's just a quick couple things that I thought was hilarious about the Palace of Whitehall. Or as I saw, so I saw it described as the Palace of Whitehall, where Whitehall is one word, or also. Uh, named the Palace of Whitehall, where Whitehall is two words. So it's the same name, but with a space. <laughs> Are you it's, serious? It's dumb. Wait, they're the same place or separate places? No, it's the same place, okay. but the two different spellings is one has Whitehall with a space between the two of them, <laughs> and one of them, Whitehall, is one word. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. So this is uh, in the Westminster area of London. Oh, okay. Uh, and that's uh, a good... like. It, where the modern royalty shit is, is in Westminster, Westminster hmm. Hall and shit like that. This was the main residence of the uh, English monarchs from 1530 until 1698, when most of it was just destroyed by fire. Oh, dang. Accident? <laughs> uh, or was it like no, the tribe No, I or think whatever? it was an accident. Yeah, the tribe. I don't know. Like, some, tri- some invaders natives, came in and just the, like, burnt the, the shit down? The tri- I don't know. <laughs> Native <laughs> Americans <laughs> <laughs> sailed across the English. Uh, so... This is also something you need to know. Wait, wouldn't the Gauls be around at this time? Gaul, uh, like they would have been native. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> they had some pretty sturdy canoes in the Northeast. Oh, they can man. go through the <laughs> the Atlantic. Uh, throughout, so so throughout the reign of King Henry the Eighth, uh-huh. our guy, uh, he constantly redesigned and extended the palace. Nice. Uh, inspired by other palaces in England, uh, he included numerous sporting facilities. At the palace. Like racquetball? Well, I got Probably a couple. Uh, a bowling green, so I assume the predecessor to bowling. Okay. Uh, an indoor real tennis court. So nice. Real tennis court. I wouldn't play it, but nice. Yeah, nice. And then this is the one I was most interested in, a pit for cockfighting. Okay, that would be cool. <laughs> that is white trash That's right there. Definitely for gambling, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the royal cockfights. Uh, and they also had a jousting yard, which, if we remember correctly from last week, they had to cancel the jousting yeah, tournament. Yeah. So he was probably one of those. Yeah. He, well, where are you going to hold the tournament? Um, Henry married two of his wives at this palace, mm. Anne Bolin and Jane Seymour. He's like, you know what? It was such a beautiful ceremony the first time. Might as well have marry my third wife there as well. <laughs> uh, so he he's doing good. So as a wedding gift, uh, Henry gave to Jane. 104 manors across England, as well, and I saw this recorded, as well as a number of forests. So, here, trees, take it. That's yours. Uh-huh. That's yours. <laughs> that's your forest now. That's that's Jane's forest. She probably set up right there. She was okay. publicly proclaimed queen less than a week later on June 4th, 1536. So, less than a month after him accusing her of Anne of sleeping with her brother, there's already a new queen in England. <laughs> That is the quickest turnaround I've ever seen in any of this. Oh my. Even yeah, like marry someone else, forget about the past. Literally, <laughs> yeah. But she's out. Uh, she uh, 
Anne, not Anne. See, I'm even getting these confused because they're so dumb. <laughs> Jane, yeah. Jane was never crowned publicly because of a plague in London. Weird. Big events being suspended by public pandemics. Okay. I've never heard of anything like that happening before. Yeah, I wonder what that's like. Yeah, what is that weird? (laughs) It's totally weird that I didn't have a graduation ceremony last year. (laughs) But wait, so is this just like a minor plague, or is this like the the plague back then? I feel like this might have been a minor plague. Okay. The the major plague that, like, the great bubonic plague that everyone... The black plague? That one occurred if i believe a couple hundred years before this like 13 1400s uh-huh. but plagues uh were intermittent smaller ones from a different disease not just the bubonic plague okay They're, or it might have been the bubonic plague with a flare-up but mm. i didn't s- look into specifically which plague this was because i really wanted to make that joke about the current <laughs> pandemic <laughs> i just had to set myself up uh yeah now uh some yeah. evidence does suggest uh, Henry might have been reluctant to have her crowned as queen before she had, quote, fulfilled her duty as a queen by giving birth to a male heir. He's uh. like, I've learned my lesson before. Those first two, <laughs> you got to get what you need and then you give it to him. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he, he's learning here. Uh, Jane, she was a complete change of scenery, pace, whatever you want to call okay. it. As it wasn't con- like, okay, it was Anne before. And it she was, was like smart. She was yeah. very socially smart. She was yeah. creative. Which was great for a mistress, but terrible for a queen. Yeah. yeah that's what we remember. <laughs> and then Catherine was really Christian-y before and uh, yeah. was kind of older. So Jane, she was different completely to Anne. Okay. Uh, she was described as strict and formal. And uh, Jane did not live nearly as a lavish or luxurious life like Anne Bolin. Okay. And people kind of connect that to Anne being like part of the French royal house and them being very extravagant Uh, and very uh, opulent. going from where she was before, is this like a a huge level up or something? For Jane? Yeah, where was she from before? Was her family assuming royal? She was kind of, if we kind of, Talked about, if I remember correctly, she was okay. She was just a court maiden as well, mm-hmm. uh, but not nearly as royally connected as Anne. Okay, so she didn't get to spend time with the Queen okay. of France and stuff like that. Where Anne was politically minded and not afraid to speak out against those who were kind of closest to the king. Jane barely ever spoke up. She didn't really have a voice, uh, uh, and she didn't really want to have a voice. She was like, uh-oh, I saw what happened to the last one. just because she's like a quiet person, not afraid, but yeah. I don't know, being with Henry. Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of yeah. column B right there. Like, <laughs> if I speak out the last time, I'm, my brother is definitely going to be killed here. Uh, she was said to have followed the personal motto as a queen, so she had a queen's motto, uh-huh. Bound to obey and serve. Dang. Yeah, yeah, that's that a little makes sense back then. Yeah, that's a little, <laughs> a little on the nose. Wait, what was it again? Bound to obey and serve. Not a, just obey, but serve as well. <laughs> and you are bound to. That's the queen right there. So oh. what is the lowest peasant thing yeah. up to? Uh, she also worked deeply to reconnect with uh, Henry's daughter Mary. Mm. So how Anne had kind of pushed Mary away, and they had not a good relationship. She wanted to kind of get as close as she could. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary wasn't restored to being in succession for the qu- uh, the line, but she began to speak with Henry, which is good on uh, Mary. She really didn't have to do that with Henry okay. the way Henry <laughs> fucking dicked her around. Uh, <laughs> I mean, hey, that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> so, like we mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, Henry's most important priority was a male hair. He had two daughters and he needed a son. He just wanted he just wanted to throw catch with the guy in the okay. yard. Just <laughs> teach him the way to take him fishing, the normal stuff. Uh so at the end of fifteen thirty six, so the year that she is getting married to, yeah. uh, to Henry, uh Jane became pregnant but lost the baby around the winter time. Oh shit. And everyone's oh God <laughs> not again. <laughs> she was probably the most stressed one of all of them. Yeah. But luckily, she got pregnant again at the beginning of 1537. Okay. Uh, he's and like, that's oh. basically what Henry wants her to do. Yep. There, she, <laughs> bound to obey, serve, and get pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> those are your three <laughs> really goals. Yeah, those are your get three. Knocked get knocked up. <laughs> I'm putting a baby in you no matter what. <laughs> if it goes in one way or another. But uh, so, yeah, she's pregnant at the beginning of 1537. As this pregnancy went on, uh, she was kind of removed from the public life as she increasingly was looked after by uh, royal physicians and midwives. 
Mm-hmm. I don't understand what the or I don't really get what the qualifications for being a royal physician was. As we saw last week, they're pretty fucking terrible. Well, they again last week. They said, "Oh, she's definitely going to be giving birth to a son." Oh, and then yeah. they gave birth to a daughter. Yeah, it so is happened. it just guessing at this point <laughs> and you're like, "I'm right." Yeah. It's like the I'm, old traditional ways of like figuring out pregnancy, which yeah. is basically right, pseudoscience. I'm just going to I'm going to ground up this plant that I found yeah. outside <laughs> and if you snort too much of it, you die, but if you snort just enough, you might not, and you might get better. <laughs> All right, or, I'm a royal physician. Yeah, or like it's like, oh, if it rains tomorrow, then your child's gonna be just a little shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just a prediction. It's just <laughs> like I said, I don't understand how you get a point of that. Type. Like midwives help out with pregnancies. Like that's mm-hmm. a g- genuine role that you actually have to do something. Yeah. All right, you're helping. And that's the legit. physician is like, yeah, I think you're gonna be good yeah. after this. So. <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah, fing- fingers crossed. That, Stay that, optimistic. Yeah, <laughs> definitely gonna be this. a boy. Trust me. <laughs> so yeah, through the summer and fall of 1537, she's pulling away. They're like, okay, last time, last time we let them out and about, it ended up bad. Let's give this girl. Let's let's just lock her away. Uh, <laughs> and I said, there's no fucking way we we are losing another one. I feel like that was probably a quote from Henry. He's like, <laughs> I swear to God. Uh, so by September. Uh, it was looking like she was going to give birth soon. Uh, so that's how people can literally like, all right, that she's looking like she's giving birth in September nine months ago. She's probably getting <laughs> pregnant at the beginning of the year then. Uh, some New Year's loving. Uh, so she was fully confined. She w- was at, under full watch of the physicians and the midwives. Mm-hmm. All right, she's not giving birth now. What do we do? We just we just wait. Yeah. <laughs> wait for her to start giving birth. <laughs> Just hanging out. Uh, so at, and like I mentioned in the last last episode with Anne Boland, mm-hmm. we had like that seven year gap between when we think she was born, mm-hmm. but then when it comes to the royalty, we have specific times. Really? Yeah, because now at two a.m. in the morning on October twelfth, fifteen thirty seven, Jane is giving birth, and to what everyone in the world, or at least everyone in England would thank God for is a male child. (laughs) Not because he's a male, because now hopefully we don't have another execution coming. So yeah, she gives birth to a male. Everybody take a breather now. (laughs) (laughs) Does that child have a penis? Everyone starts starts high-fiving each other. (laughs) They're nuxing. Yeah. Uh, so Party yep. in the streets. Yeah, they're shooting off champagne. <laughs> we did it! Like a celebration at the end of like, the first yeah. Star Wars movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more like a uh, like when a sports team wins a championship and they're rioting in the streets, yeah. flipping over cars, <laughs> setting them on fire. We yeah. did it! Yeah. We did it! The Lakers won! The Lakers won! She gave birth to a boy! Oh. Uh, so yeah, she gives birth to a male child who will not uh, eat or lick any horse poop. His name is Edward. <laughs> uh, his name would be Edward. I saw this is the quote here. This is the prized male hair Henry and the royal court were desperately hoping for. The prized male hair. It sounds like a racehorse. Okay. Oh yeah, look at those. That stallion <laughs> right there. Those jeans. Those are good jeans. Some I can nice just strong legs. Yeah. yeah the, the, the <laughs> royal physician was uh, commenting on his thighs when he was coming out the womb. Ooh, look. Feel that tenderloin right there. They're oh, like boy. pressing the baby's leg. Look that's a good boy right there. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Three days later, on October 15th, uh, mm-hmm. he was christened with Elizabeth and Mary in attendance. Hey, girls, look at the guy who's going to succeed you as royalty. <laughs> <laughs> Losers. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much what's happening here. Uh, labor was not easy for ja- uh, for Jan. Uh, Jan, Jan, Jan like Jane, some issues afterwards? Kind of. We'll explain. Okay. Uh, it took more than two days uh, and reported to be as long as three nights for birth to happen for Edward. Ugh. Like I said, what the fuck are these royal physicians doing yeah. where it's taking that <laughs> fucking long? Not very good. Probably just a bunch of dudes thinking what or thinking with a push, yeah. push, <laughs> push harder. Edward was not born in a healthy position for Jan or Jane. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I've seen it described other ways, but. One of them described it as sideways, and I did not want to imagine what it would look like coming out fully sideways. Dang, I can't imagine that either. Me neither, and I didn't want to look up any contemporary uh, examples of it from health class that they had to show us, <laughs> the miracles of birth. Oh, um, God. And then she suffered very grave postpartum conditions Ooh. after her birth, uh, after his birth. Uh, her status it didn't improve at all as she days moved on from Edward's birth. Okay. October 24th, 1537, at the age of 29, Jane Seymour dies in the same palace room where she had given birth to Edward. So now, 
third wife gone. Oh no. <laughs> yes. Uh, and this one isn't even his fault. Like okay. he, he was he didn't treat her the best by locking her in a room to give birth, but yeah. this is conditions of what happens while a specific reason or condition or cause of death will never mm-hmm. be known because yeah. at the time who the fuck knows what these royal physicians yeah. were thinking what happened? some pretty she, good details about when it happened, but not how, like, she Yeah, okay. like, we assume uh, theories surround blood loss, a bacterial infection, or mm. a fever, or a combination of all of those okay. have been suggested, but it's, I mean, shit, it, it would be 500 years after the fact that we would be doing those reports, and mm. we can only take secondhand evidence from people being reported there we don't know what the fuck exactly happened all we know for sure is she was alive before and then she's not anymore Damn. so she's okay. gone uh she gets a little bit better of a service than literally everyone else uh she was buried at windsor castle on november okay. 12 1537 uh, mary the daughter she was the lead mourner okay. so she kind of led the processions and i think she gave a speech there as well okay jane was the only of Henry's wives to ever receive a queen's funeral. Dang. Every other one would go on to be a lesser because title. The one before that, she was in an unmarked grave. Yeah, she was executed. She was a traitor. The one before it, she was a downer queen or whatever. The okay. No, downer prince of Wales, princess of Wales. So, yeah, this is the only, which is, I think, ironic because she was the shortest marriage of them so far. Oh, gosh. Not even 18 months. Okay. Not even 18 months. So she just... Did her job. She literally did. Yeah, she literally did her Damn. job and got the fuck out of there. And Ugh. Anne Bolin in heaven is like, if I had just given birth, I would have died that quick. I would have not had to been put on trial and all of that. <laughs> oh. He's single again, ready oh, to God. mingle and hit the European <laughs> singles market. Uh, <laughs> so th- that right there was the primary section of the first half of the Arnold Palmer. That okay. was the T. Okay. That was a lot of the tea it's right be a little there. sweeter from here. Uh, so immediate, I saw it described as this. Immediate, yeah, it's going to be lemonade here because it's very <laughs> uh, sour or just, it's very exciting. It's electrifying. <laughs> immediately, I saw it phrases, immediately after the ceremonies were completed. So again, she's in the grave. All right, who's next? <laughs> who's single? <laughs> who's ready? Uh, after the ceremonies were fully completed, political measures were put in place to find another wife for Henry. Imagine if the president died and Congress was like, we got to get this bachelor a fucking wife. <laughs> that would be so funny. Like, That'd just watch, watching the Senate argue, she's great. She's a great candidate. It'd be like the bachelor time. Oh, like a dude, that would be amazing. Oh, that, that would be a great show. Well, we, we should pitch that to ABC. Like, yeah. the next president, they have to be single. He or she has to be single. Yeah. And then they have to find that they have to find their mate while dealing with the life of an office. I need to find my best friend, wife, and fix this country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And be a diplomat. Yeah. <laughs> the first lady, I'm not just looking for my bachelor. I'm looking for my first man. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so amazing. What if they just like also did, okay, American vote tonight. Oh, yeah. That would be great. Oh, one of the rose ceremonies America could have a point yeah. into. Oh. So, yeah. So, spearheaded by this, uh, the way, you know, Senate would spearhead this was by our old friend, Thomas Cromwell, he's back in it again. Wait, who's this guy again? This is the guy who orchestrated the downfall of Anne Boleyn. Ah! Because they yes, were going right. against each other. Okay. They had different ideas, ah. and he was the one. Hmm. So he's still in this. Okay. So uh, <laughs> prior, they were focusing, they didn't really focus on anything. It was Henry shitting where he ate and yeah. finding women that were working for his previous wife at the time. <laughs> uh, they were like, how about we find your future wife? Let's go to the European continent for this mm-hmm. uh unlike <laughs> previous wives that were found like i said from henry's own personal horniness this wife was to be a political beneficial uh, like it would be beneficial for politics here ah uh, so two countries getting something out of it yeah how a lot of marriages have been politically or diplomatically okay. like uh you can't attack that country you're married to that royal's daughter or yeah. whatever they wanted to link that and there's a big reason why and that's because it's the lemonade section. Uh-huh. And that's uh, the super complicated European political theater that ends in warfare. Ooh. So let's get ready for it. All right. We're, let's do this. So like I said, we're in 1537. We're going back just about two years mm-hmm. to November 1st, 1535. Mm-hmm. And we're going down to Milan. Milan? Be- Milan, Italy. Beautiful Milan. Not like the movie? No, not no, the movie. Okay. The, 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 pl- the actual place. Uh, the Duke of Milan, D- 
Duke Francesco II Savorsa <laughs> dies of a painful illness. Oh, I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> I, uh, no, you should, because get ready. Ch- he dies childless and without an heir to his title in Italy. So the Duke dies, and there's no one to become Duke. Okay, so there's no one in line. There's anymore. no one in line to be Duke. Uh, he had How did it fix that. Well, I'll explain why. <laughs> I'll explain. This is maybe why he didn't have a child. Uh, a year earlier, in 1534, on May 4th, may the fourth be with you. Um, <laughs> he celebrated Star Wars Day by <laughs> marrying the 12-year-old niece of the Holy Roman Emperor Charles. Oh God. Christina of Denmark. He. He marries a twelve-year-old. Oh God! So no. Because so when I said she was, he was childless. It's because he's married to a twelve, then thirteen-year-old, <laughs> because she turns thirteen. Yeah. So he was childless because he married a thirteen-year-old. And I said they didn't have any children. Thank God. Yeah. I'm okay. Well, okay. Oh, I don't really this was a very big moral dilemma oh, because God. what's better, a dude banging a twelve-year-old or war? This oh. is like one of those moral <laughs> equations. <laughs> So, because he has no hair, he has okay. no children, and there's no one in his family. But this, this girl is still alive, right? She's alive, but uh, let me explain why. So, gotcha. Francisco's dynasty was brought to an end by Charles V. Hmm. Uh, that's who his niece was, that daughter, okay. Christina of Denmark. Uh, <laughs> and because she was his wife, that title was going to revert back to Charles. So, like I said, this is complicated European theater because they didn't have a child. That title was going to go back to Charles V of the Holy Roman Empire, even though he's not in Milan or he's Italian. Okay. That's because he married his niece. Like I said, really stupid and really complicated, okay. and this is just the tip of the iceberg. Ooh. So the Sforza family, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's literally Forza with an S at the beginning of it, so Sforza or something. Okay. They were one of the most powerful families in Milan. Uh, you could think of them as like the Medici family of Milan, so mm. that very powerful Venetian family that controlled the Pope family for a mm. while, or not the Pope family, but the Pope seat for a while. Yeah. This is them in Milan. Okay. Uh, so the Duchy of Milan is a hotly contested title. A lot of people want to be the Dutch, the Duke of Milan. I actually do want to be the Duke of Milan in 2021. (laughs) I feel like that's a good title to have on a resume. Everyone wanted it, especially the two biggest powers on the European mainland. And that was Charles V, who I was talking about, of the Holy Roman Empire, and and Francis I of France. Oh, what a dumb name for nice. it. Fra- I'm convenient. Francis. I'm Francis of France. <laughs> <laughs> this is France land. Uh, it's like someone being green from Greenland. Hey, I'm Sean Green. I'm from Greenland. Yeah. And this isn't even the first Francis of, or the only Francis of France. Oh, of course. Yeah. He has a line of Francis of France. Who came first, France or Francis? Yeah. That's Who named question. each other after each other in this instance? So the duchy was uh, one of the four most powerful city-states in Italy. Okay. Uh, this is uh, fast-forwarding to modern times, but Italy as yeah. a full country, very modern idea for a long, long while since the, kind of the decline of Rome. It was okay. a, a bunch of different city-states and different countries. Interesting. A lot of, yeah. Uh, it's a, a lot of power plays, but it, it goes into this. But yeah, they uh, unified Italy is very much a thing of modern times okay for a while it was duchy here duchy there king here uh royal there and one of the most powerful ones is milan they're like everyone there is fashionable everyone there is sweet Mm -hmm. they're cool uh (laughs) (laughs) charles once commented on this situation because like i said francis and charles really chucky and fran frank chuck and frank yeah really wanted milan Uh. uh so Charles once said on the situation, my So wait, they're fighting the they're like fighting, their heirs they, in there? Is they they of, fight over a lot of things. So the way Fran like you can kind of think of it still today how France and Germany have a rivalry and like okay. how in World War Two they were fighting. Yeah. Obviously this isn't like World War Two, but the people like the people of France and the people of Germany have had conflicts going back thousands of years. Just over whatever rulers in time. Charles once said on this situation about the Duchy of Milan, Mm. my cousin Francis and I are in complete accords. He wants Milan, and so do I. (laughs) Ding! I love that little quote. That's a funny little thing. Chuck's a joker. So this is going to spark something kind of nasty, is it? Yes. All over because one dude couldn't impregnate a 12-year-old. Are you fucking kidding? No, no. That's actually the reason. Well, because he died uh, without a... 
hair. If he okay. had a, any, uh, if he had a child, or if there was another person in this force of family, yeah, it probably wouldn't have played out like okay. this. So uh, they aren't actually biological cousins. The two of them, uh, Francis just married Charles' younger sister Eleanor. So he, and this is a little t- tangent, but I just wanted to talk about this because we mentioned Queen Claude real quick because that's who Anne Boleyn was in the, in the court of. Francis married Eleanor after his first wife, Queen Claude, died. Okay. She died at age 24. They had seven kids together. What? Yes, that's exactly what I fucking said. When was she, wait, so she died at 24? When, when was she married? Like in the mid, early teens. Oh. She w- I think I saw so something she was just pumping them out. I saw I didn't put it in here, but it said that for the majority of her time as queen, she was impregnated. OK. And then she died from complications from having seven children by the age of 24, oh. which is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, holy crap. Yeah. So I just had to include that in. I'm sorry, Queen Claude. I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> you will never be forgotten. So Charles and Francis, like I said, they like to. They like to fight each other, so I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of every time they were at war. Mm -hmm. So they were at war from 1521 to 1525. Okay. Then from 1526 to 1529, so they took like eight months off, and they were like, all right, let's refill. All right, we're back (laughs) at it. So from uh, then from after 1529, it was 1536 to 1538. That's the one we're going to talk about. And then finally, 1542 to 1544. So in almost like 35 years, they were at war almost 30 years. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't like each other. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, and a big part of that is Italy, fighting over control in Italy. So Ah. it was a cycle of France or French uh, control dominating influence in Italy. Then the people in Italy getting sick of French control. Mm. Then Charles and the Habsburgs come in, take over. The people get sick of them. <laughs> then they want the French to come in, and then the cycle repeats. It sounds like, you know, like a person <sighs> kind of just reminds me of like a past experience that had at work. So it reminds me of me just like two people just bitching about each other, and then you just kind of take turns. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Oh, yeah what I'm playing said. both sides. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that was like, yeah, that's pretty much Italy right there. We hate them. All right. We love them. We hate them. We love them. Okay. Now you're getting my nerves. I'm going to go back to the other dude. <laughs> and Pope Clement VII, the guy who ruled on uh, Henry's marriage to Catherine, mm-hmm. he commented, most Italians did not wish the eagle to land in Italy or the cock to crow there. I don't know which is the eagle and which one's the cock, but no, no cock or crow or eagle is allowed in Italy, according to the Pope at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Um, Yeah. Oh, and by the way, this is the first photo I wanted to show you. This is a painting of Francis. Mm. Look at that nose real quick. Uh, we'll post this on. That's a beautiful background. He has really great paintings, (laughs) but the one thing I do want you to notice is in every single painting of Francis the First of France, which is a tongue twister, Mm. everyone his nose is huge. Okay. All of them. I don't understand. Like I don't know how big someone's nose in real life has to be that in all of their (laughs) paintings they're like, yeah, the dominating feature is the nose, because in every one it's a huge nose. That is a pretty big nose. It is a big <laughs> like like that artist had to draw like a huge line from yeah. like, like his left eyebrow to his nose. Yeah, like it starts above his eye and it goes down to below his mustache. <laughs> and in other paintings of him, it's a as big. So I don't understand how big his nose was. Uh, he for years, going back and forth in these yeah. wars. Francis and France had sent diplomats. <laughs> I know it's so dumb. It's so dumb. <laughs> Francis and France. It's Fran. It's Francis land. I feel like that's what it just is shortened to. Uh, they sent diplomats all over Europe trying to find allies to join them to go against the Habsburg. That's okay. wh- that's what Charles is for. The Habsburg Empire. Hmm. Um, they found some allies in Poland and Hungary. Largest and most controversial ally of France was with the Ottoman Empire. Oh, Yes, an okay. empire entirely made out of furniture. No. <laughs> that, <laughs> weren't that, they, like, they've been around for a long time oh, before that, right? They were around. Like, for, they're not around anymore, right? They're not. So they became really big. They grew. I don't know when they have They're, like, one of the first civilizations? Not one of. So they. Early. They're, early, right? They're one of the longest lasting because they kind of took. I don't know if it officially started, but when they took uh, Constantinople, which is Istanbul, yeah. or, uh, Byzant- they conquered Byzantium in 1434, I believe, uh, and they lasted until 
about World War One. So, oh, oh. Yeah, I actually read a really good book about okay. the dissolution of them in the Russian territory, like okay. the far off territories. It's pretty interesting. Okay, now I know exactly yeah, what you're talking the, about. Like they had a lot of land at one point. Yes, right? they ranged from Algeria up to pretty much Hungary. Whew. Yeah, they were huge. They had all of Turkey, all of the Middle East. Uh, my fun, favorite fun fact, and unfortunately, it is no longer relevant, but. Uh, until the Chicago Cubs won the World Series a couple of years ago, the last time they had won was when the Ottoman Empire still existed. Are you serious? They won in like 1911, and the Ottoman Empire was still existing, then, <laughs> which is hilarious. France is going to become allies with the Ottoman Empire, and they're, just a quick update, they are an Islamic, I, I describe them as a mega empire because yeah. they are very huge, they comprise a lot of different territories, <laughs> and the biggest thing is they also were continuously fighting the Habsburgs. They okay. were not friends of the Habsburgs, and that famous... The Habsburgs? Habsburgs. Habsburgs. Yeah. Habsburgs. Okay. H-A-B. Habs. Habs. Yeah. Uh, th that's named after a castle in is Austria. That a different kind of hops or something. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, there's probably some craft beer names. The Habsburg yeah. or whatever. <laughs> uh, so the Habsburgs themselves had. So there's a lot of reasons why the Ottoman Empire decided to side with France, and France got a lot of flack for this because Ottomans were Islamic Empire. Everywhere else in Europe were Christians. They held. The Holy Land, they held Jerusalem, the Levant, all that, and they were considered infidels. Everyone's an infidel at yeah. this point. Uh, if you <laughs> if you don't read the same exact Bible sections as me at this exact point, you are an infidel in, <laughs> in 1500s Europe, pretty much. So having a Bible's not good enough. <laughs> it's not good enough. Well, no, if you had a Bible, you might be a heretic because, the, well, that was a whole thing about access to the Bible. That's why Lutheranism oh, yeah. split off. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you, if you had a Bible, infidel. Oh, shit. Woo! <laughs> The Ottoman empires, uh, they kind of were inclined to side with France because okay. the Habsburgs were courting the Persian Empire uh, on the other side of the Ottoman, and that was their biggest mm, rival. Okay. So it's an orgy here. <laughs> uh, so hot and steamy. Hot and steamy Woo. all across. So twice, uh, Ottoman troops had moved far enough into Europe, and this is one of the last actually major non-European invasions into Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, they had moved enough troops into Europe to make attacks on the Habsburg capital of Vienna. So they had moved into Austria, Hungary. Um, this included the 1930, or not 19, that's a, that's a, that's a couple <laughs> years ahead of where we yeah. are. The 1532 invasion, so that was one of their, included okay. the siege of goons, mm. but it's G... U with the um, with a umlauts on top, so the two dots. Okay, so we're not sieging the ca the kit child cast from no, Goonies. No, <laughs> no, it's goons, G U N S. So mm. it, it looks like it's siege of guns, but ah. it's but they have an umlaut on it. Uh, between Ottoman troops and a Croatian kind of legacy captain named Nikolai. Jerzyzik. I didn't think I was going to be fucking butchering Croatian this early into the series, but here we go. And it was for a small border fort uh, with over 700, with just about 700 troops. Uh, mm. The Croatians won. It was a big thing. But what I thought was hilarious is it's the Siege of Goons, and they made it with no cannons and just a few guns. So the Siege of Guns had few guns in it. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was hilarious. That's ironic. <laughs> About a s month before the, that siege, uh, siege of Goons, okay. in July 1532, the invading Ottoman forces were being led by the Sultan of the Ottoman Empire, okay. uh, the Suleiman the Great. Suleiman. Suleiman the Great. Uh, I, have, I like that. I, and you're going to love his hat even more. Here's a picture of him. Oh, crap. Like, if I was that looks that, like an onion. Yeah, no, if I didn't have my glasses on, I was like just a few feet farther away, I would definitely think that's an onion. Yeah, no, that's a big that could old... be like an optical illusion kind yeah. of picture. This, this <laughs> episode is sponsored by weird hats throughout history, because this is the big <laughs> fucking onion hat. This is like what uh, Sultan's wore. Uh, <laughs> that should be the symbol for the onion. <laughs> the onion. <laughs> just his face. He all, his nose, much more powerful. Oh, Not yeah. as big, but powerful. I like the side angle. Yeah, this too. is a side shot of him. He's he, a mean mustache. He, oh, you're scrolling down. He has oh, a, he, does he have a wand or a cane? I thought, it, yeah, like a stick or something like that. Like, mine. It's not something from, like, Harry Potter. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was actually a associate professor at Hogwarts for a couple of years. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's uh, Suleiman or Suleiman the Magnificent. He's mm. a very, very important sultan. I wish we could get into him. Maybe in a future series, if we want to focus okay. on the Ottomans, we but will. 
what's your view on his character if you have to summar- summarize it? Uh, well, from my times playing him in Civilization V, he's a pretty good <laughs> leader. I enjoy his use. No, he's a... He, of sultans he and people named the great he actually yeah. did a lot of decently good he had okay, a lot so of he's not like a shitty person like yeah, i mean he does as it, much or? not as much there's a lot worse Does people anybody with power it kind of goes through their head a little bit yeah okay. uh, i mean he is in the middle of an invasion but ah, yeah. so he's in belgrade and i should give a heads up i've seen two different explanations or two different stories for what's about to happen one involving only ottoman people and then Another one that one I'm talking about here involving French people. I'm using I'm using the French story because it's better story. Okay, <laughs> and <laughs> just it, it's better. It's better. <laughs> no, and I looked for both of them, and it's it's so hard to tell which one. Like you can't. It, I'll explain. Okay. Okay. So they're in Belgrade, and Suleiman's there preparing to invade further into Habsburg-owned territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, the French ambassador Antonio Rincon is comes to the, this base camp. Uh, and he's there to court the sultan, and he, he has a gift for the sultan. He has a, he has a very beautiful gift. Rincon, he, he's in this camp. Uh-huh. Let me just give, give you a, an example of who Rincon is. Okay. Rincon once told one of his friends that the king of France had given him various secret commissions, <laughs> none of which he could reveal, as he had been expressly commanded by the king not to say a word about them. So Which we he so told to someone <laughs> who then told other people. Secret commissions, so commissions like just payment or? no, like the, we think of like espionage and spying as like relatively modern thing, but like yeah. it's a lot of this kind of stuff. Okay. He, so he was an official diplomat, but he was going to do other things. He was okay. going to do kind of things, not telling other ones. And the big thing is trying to persuade the sultan here to become allies with France. Okay. Yeah. So he presents him with a gift. Uh, Rincon presents Suleiman a finely crafted, four-tiered, magnificent Venetian-made crown. What? Uh, That's actually how it's described. Yes, and I actually have a, <laughs> I, I have a drawing of this crown right here. Oh, they don't know where it is today. Well, I'll explain what happened ah, to the crown. Okay. But this is what it looks like. It looks like a Dr. Seuss. Yeah, it looks looks, over the top. It looks like the helmet Doc Brown was wearing in the first Back to the Future. (laughs) It's four tiers, and then it has a giant feather on it for people at home. So this reminds me like stupid shit from like ancient aliens. Yeah, you see this? That's not a crown. That's a helmet. Yeah, it's an ancient alien. Yeah, it's an ancient astronaut (laughs) crown or a helmet given to the Solomon by uh, the. Zanu people from Saturn or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, he would he had been given this crown, four tiers. Okay. Uh, it was said to have cost about a hundred and fifteen thousand Venetian ducats or ducats at the time. So, so I did rough math. Now, like I said, I'm not. I'm just a historian guy. I am terrible <laughs> at math. So not this huge is, experts in this. So yeah, not huge. Slap. I just slack. got yeah slack. I mean, <laughs> I am making a podcast, so uh, so this is just rough math, and this is it's not p- purchasing power, but here okay. one ducat or ducat uh, equals about three point five four five grams of gold. So there's okay. gold in it. Okay. One gram of gold currently costs about fifty five dollars. Fifty five times three point five four whatever equals just about $95 for a single ducat right now. Okay. So one ducat would cost just above just below 200 bucks. Okay. $115,000 times $195 means they paid roughly estimated $22,425,000 for this crown. <laughs> How nervous was this guy walking just across <laughs> Europe with this crown? Oh, if I drop this, we're done. I'm done. <laughs> Francis is having my ass. Yeah. Like, hey, I just like broke this crown. Is yeah. it still like, is there a warranty still is on there it? A war- like- <laughs> so uh, the other, the other story was, it was the vizier, the grand vizier. So who was like the second and <laughs> the, the right hand man to the Sultan is the one who commissioned it and went to it because it's Venice and Venice had a close connection with the Ottomans. Okay. But so I've seen the two stories. What happened to this crown? Why we don't have it? left over anymore yeah well because he had so much time to wear the giant onion uh <laughs> sultans didn't actually wear crowns all that often what? they wore more traditional headpieces that were for islamic purposes or islamic yeah, yeah i get that uh, so he respect. just really didn't wear it he didn't wear it eventually it was rumored that it was melted down 
What? It was de-jeweled and melted down. <laughs> so 22 no. million down the drain. Like okay, so he had to wear it at least like once. I didn't. I saw two sources saying they didn't have any records of him ever wearing it. What? There's a like those uh, crown regent or the crown jewels we were talking about last week. You don't wear those all the time, so yeah, I, I feel that. like it's part of like that. But still, yeah, <laughs> this whole big crown thing that France made a big deal about yeah. crafting. Uh, he so didn't even wear. It. Just go, eh. Meh. Yeah. And <laughs> the reason for those four tiers, why there's one, two, three, four. Yeah. The Pope had a three-tiered crown. <laughs> and they just had to one-up him. Oh, it gets better. Charles V had a one-tier crown, and they said that putting those two together would symbolize that the Sultan was a more powerful ruler than the two of them. Damn. How petty is that for $22 million? Oh, my God. I love it. I was <laughs> from... You know, being given a $22 million crown, things are probably... If if you gave me a $22 million crown, I would at least listen to what you were talking about. Yeah. I would give you, <laughs> you know, at least a couple of minutes. That was in 1532. I don't know. You might, like, just be in shock that yeah. you have, like, that much money in your hands. How am I going to wear this? Where am I going to wear this to? What am I going to wear straight it? straight to Pawn Stars. Yeah, exactly. What they're going to do, they're going to offer you half, like, yeah. right away, and you just try to best bring I, that number up. Best I can do is ten grand. <laughs> 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 this is an authentic Venetian crown from the 1500s. Okay, 1100. Like. Yeah, 11,000. 11, yeah. Best I can do. Best I can do. Uh, so 1533 and 1534, so the two years right afterwards, mm -hmm. uh, France and the Ottoman Empire, yeah. they exchange embassy missions. Like, you had to, like, go on a mission for an embassy to be established. It wasn't, all right, I'm going to get on a flight and be there in, you know, 12 hours. It was mm -hmm. like, all right, this is going to be a three-week voyage, and then I'm going to get there, do some stuff, and then it's a three-week voyage back. <laughs> so it was a mission. You had a fucking set, you know, what, what am I going to do here? Yeah. So 1533, Ottoman embassy to France. So it was a bunch of Ottoman dudes from France there. Okay. It landed uh, in July, mid mid year. You know, a nice uh, French summer vacation there. Uh, mm -hmm. It was led by Sharif Raz, Raz. Like I said, I'm going to be butchering, I assume, <laughs> uh, Turkish names. Uh, and he met with influential merchants and diplomats who were connected to Francis's court. A big part of these embassy exchanges was mm -hmm. like a exchange of gifts. Okay. I'm going to give you some stuff that is common here, but exotics in your country, you're going to give me some exotic stuff from your country that's, you know, common stuff from your country that's, that's exotic. Okay. Here. Yeah. Uh, for this exchange of gifts, the Ottoman embassy disembarked exotic wild animals, including the famous, quote, Lion of Barbarossa. Bar Barbarossa is... It's just a lion? Well, it's a lion. So the Barbarossa guy is a naval captain, ah, governor in okay. the Ottomans. I was going to research and put him in there, but it was a really long thing, and I didn't want to make this too okay. long-winded. But he had a lion, I assume, at one oh, point. Cool. A and they also uh, brought the foreign exchanged gift of 100 Christian prisoners. <laughs> so here's a lion and a bunch of, bunch of prisoners. <laughs> Put, maybe put them together. Yeah. Let's see what happens. <laughs> They're like, we're the Romans. We're the real Romans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they had some negotiations between the uh, French king, the Ottoman uh, mm. diplomats, and then also some English royalty members were there. They're like, okay. what's going on here? What's, what are you guys up to down here in France? <laughs> uh, the Ottoman an uh, ambassador read, and this is what it was uh, titled, a declaration of mutual friendship between the kingdom of France and Algiers. And that's uh, Algiers, which is like Tunis mm. or uh, the tip of kind of the tip of Africa. You know where Africa is like has like kind of a mohawk and then it cuts down at the top of it. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, it's like right on the Mediterranean. It's okay. just the north. Yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. One of the, the most north, north points okay. of Africa right there, uh, as well as a three year trade agreement. They're like, all right, we're not going to kill each other for three years. Let's just trade some more. No, you don't need to bring more Christian prisoners and lions. <laughs> no, that's all right. That don't go well together. Yeah. yeah <laughs> three year trade agreement, except for lions. Um, <laughs> so th this was 1533 50, and the 1534 one was very similar. It was kind of a not as exciting. No Christian prisoners at this one. Uh, I did read, though, at the when they finally like made a deal between the two, the Christian prisoners' chains were ceremonially broken in front of the king. He's like, all right, you're no longer prisoners. Uh, 1535, so okay. the year we were kind of getting to, yeah. uh, fighting between the Habsburgs and the 
Ottomans. So oh, yeah. They're going back and forth all the time. It kind of swings away from the Ottomans invading Europe, because mm. like we were saying, they were kind of going further up, to Charles V in charge of the Holy Roman Empire there. He conquered Algiers, that place okay. we were just talking about, yeah. Tunis, uh, which was a na- large naval port for the Ottomans. Okay. This was kind of the last big military move that Mm -hmm. got the ottomans to finally make an official alliance with france okay like when they took over uh algiers and they were gonna hold the they hold this for like 60 years legit okay at that point (laughs) solomon was like maybe maybe that francis guy was onto something over there (laughs) uh and I, i talk about all that because the war we're about to go into is the habsburgs and spain versus france and the ottomans so okay. this is a mini like world war pretty okay, much. Okay, like two against two. Yeah, it's okay. two against two. Two big belligerents versus two big belligerents. Ah. Yeah, that's why I wanted to. Do, it wasn't. Oh, let me take you on this tangent. That doesn't mean okay. anything to what we're about. No, it actually is. I, the war itself. It's there's a couple events, but you just need to know it's the Ottomans in there as well. It wasn't just yeah. France and okay. Charles. Yeah. So. There's other people dragging. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's everyone is pissed off at each other. <laughs> we were saying before uh, the Duke of Milan he uh-huh. dies without a hair, and the title is now up and up for grabs, pretty much. Okay. March 1536, because he died at the end of 1535. March Ooh. 1536, King Francis the First of France, still a stupid name. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, even the English guy, no one is, I'm King N or whatever, Ing. Yeah. They're <laughs> Henry or Edward, they're better than that. Uh, Francis marches his troops into Italy after hearing that Charles uh, gave the Duchy of Milan to his son, uh, the future King Philip. Oh. His son, who's going to go on to be king, is now, at this point, just the Duke of Milan. And that pisses Francis off. He's like, you know what? I'm going to take that. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't going to take this. Uh, the first kind of stop, the first uh, invasion spot was Turin, Turin, Italy, where mm. that one Olympics was held, okay. um, <laughs> that one Winter <laughs> Olympics, uh, and then uh, the Duchy of Savoy. So this is Western Italy, ah. Western Italy, right, right there, kind of a uh, mountainous uh, kind of near the Alps, and this was on route or on route to the Duchy of Milan. So mm. they're like, you know what, on our way to Milan, let's just go take over everything. You know, it's beautiful <laughs> this time of year. We get enough guys here. I think we can take it. <laughs> uh, also taken uh, were kind of key points in Piedmont, which is another province over that way along the coast. So this is a war. We're in, we're in a war right now. Mm. Uh, when the fighting started to take place, so mm-hmm. fighting actually broke out, Charles uh, was in Naples. He was, okay. in, he was in Naples, and he was on trip to Rome. He was going to, from Naples to Rome. Mm-hmm. He was so, taking a holiday. Yeah, so <laughs> I imagine him, like, when you're on vacation, just like, oh, and then you get that note, that phone call of bad news, and you're like, oh, fuck, there goes my vacation. Yeah. <laughs> That's this moment right there. <laughs> I remember, it must have been, like, 2011 or 2012, I was at a family wedding yeah. back east, and while we were there, my grandpa passed away, and we oh, had to go shit. from the wedding the day after down. Luckily, it was on the East Coast still, to the funeral. <laughs> so it was. Are like, like everybody's in the area? Might as well just kill two birds with one stone. That's what my parents and I thought was. <laughs> we were, we were like, like we were like, as terrible as this is, we were actually already in the area, so we didn't need to make airfare. We just had to extend the car rental for like a day or two. <laughs> Do you remember where you're driving? Uh, we were driving from actually. So this is no your car rental. Oh, I don't remember the rental. <laughs> But that, I know, do I? No. Uh, uh, but yeah, it was so. It's fu- like working at a dealership that's like minor details that yeah. matter to me. But yeah, it was so funny. Like, while we were flying in, they were like, yeah, so he went into the hospital. It's not looking good. I'm like, oh, okay, well, keep me posted. I don't know what I can do. I'm a fucking teenager at a <laughs> wedding. And then, like, the day of the wedding, we found out. We we're like, oh, so it looks like tomorrow we're leaving. <laughs> looks like we're, gonna, we're not spending some time with this family. We're going to the other one. That's why I need to get a suit for, yeah. like, when people die and people get married. So you were you're yeah. already ready to go for that. That was my point, too. <laughs> but, oh, God, it was in the Virginia sun. I was wearing a suit. Ooh. Everyone was sweating bullets. Oh. So, yeah, he... He's on the road and <laughs> from Naples to Rome. Then he has to give his commands for this war while he's on the road oh, as, really? he's, as he's moving. <laughs> so it's April 5th, 1536. Or April, yeah, April 5th, 1536. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles, he arrives finally in Rome where he was going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he immediately wants to meet with the Pope. Pope Paul III. 
my kind of guy. Nice. My guy. Uh, <laughs> to decide the case basically who who is in control of milan right now he, he wants the pope to decide between francis and charles himself mm. <laughs> i also saw this he also challenged francis to another duel between the two of them <laughs> so this is not the first time he's challenged francis to a duel really yeah oh my god <laughs> i would pay so much to see two world leaders duel Oh my gosh, that would have been great. <laughs> Even if it's just like a fencing, no one dies kind of duel. Dude, they I should want... do that today. That would be so great. <laughs> like two state leaders or whatever. Have them do like Biden and like Putin were like in a boxing ring. Oh, that would be... <laughs> I would be scared because Putin's insane. But yeah, no, that would be great. Like, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a sword Putin's fight. Still really good shape. I don't know if you've ever seen the videos of Putin as a hockey player, but every Russian hockey no, player, uh, he'll do like a ex exhibition match, but every hockey player takes it easy on him because they know <laughs> if they actually went hard on Russian, they'd be killed pretty oh, much. Yeah. <laughs> so like the goalie will be like, meh, and just yeah. let him score. <laughs> oh, he got it in again. He's so good at what the sport. <laughs> so yeah, they, they're they in a duel. Okay. or he, He's at least challenging them to a duel. And I like to imagine like, you know what? I just challenge him. You know what? That's how we'll <laughs> settle it uh neither idea really worked out <laughs> shockingly um, <laughs> he didn't want he didn't want a duel france was like no thank you uh okay. so charles uh, began to prepare for a two-front war uh with france because one side was going to be kind of the northern part going into proper habsburg owned territories mm -hmm. and then the other part was italy where he he wanted uh, mm. Both fronts were defeated by the French troops <laughs> and the uh, allied Italian fighters. Shit. So, Dang. Ooh, they're not messing I around. lost on a two-front war. Okay. <laughs> very, a very uh, notorious trend in German military history: defeating, being defeated on a two-front war. Uh, so, 1537. So the the fighting kind of goes through 1536, and apart from they were in this town and they were fighting uh, the. Uh, Ottomans provided naval support. That was a big thing that oh, they okay. were doing. Uh, but 1537, Francis announced Francis announced that he was resuming control of Flanders and Artois. So those are two territories in the northern part of like between Germany and France. Okay, uh, gotcha. These two areas he had surrendered in 1526 from a previous treaty for a war and in march of 1537 he invaded and captured a number of places He's like you know what psych i'm going back <laughs> didn't count i had my i had fingers crossed when i signed it so <laughs> legally it's mine so he takes me through he takes lenders and artois uh the final campaign of this war uh came uh, in october 1537 hmm. uh when a french ally i believe his name was Anne. Like I said, his name was Anne because when I kept reading it, I'm pretty sure it was. Let me quick okay. find it. But Interesting. Yeah. Uh, is it short for something else or is it just straight up Anne? Uh, Anne of Montmorency. Mm. And oh, yeah, here it is. It says his first name is Anne. <laughs> Dang. It, okay. And it's a dude. <laughs> Maybe his parents always wanted a girl. Who yeah, knows? and he was a duke, but yeah, so he was... That's uh, definitely a beard in that that's a, Yeah, definitely a beard. Maybe he's a bearded <laughs> woman. But yeah, so he, <laughs> he was uh, an ally uh, who helped uh, invade Savoy for France. Okay. And he forced Charles's men to uh, to evade, to, mm. uh, uh, to evacuate. I'm sorry, not invade, uh, to evacuate. They were like, let's get out of here. Uh, they were like, this guy's named Anne. Who knows what else he's capable of? Mm. Uh, <laughs> I still, I, like, Anne, oh, that's awesome. There's, like, a strong female duke, you know, helping out in this fight. Wait, a dude named yeah. Anne? <laughs> what the hell is this? While these last segments of fighting happen, happened before an informal armistice, so, okay, everyone says we're going to not fight anymore. Okay, everyone's saying we're not going to fight anymore. Yeah. That happened in late 1570. It took months. Was his fingers crossed again? Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> like, I'm definitely not going to fight. Yeah. Uh, uh, it took months for a more official, kind of politically weighted treaty to be signed. Mm. June 17th. So I don't know what they were doing for those times. Do we fight? Nope. We, we said we wouldn't. But how, how are we going to make sure they're not? <laughs> <laughs> June 17th, uh, 1538. So shit, almost six months later. The truce of Nice was uh, fi was finally agreed on. The truce okay. of Nice or truce of Nice, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, it was agreed on between Charles and Francis. Hmm. 
kind of. Uh, it was a 10-year-long truce that effectively recognized that France, Francis, or France, I got them confused, <laughs> was in possession of Savoy, Artois, and Piedmont, and therefore under his control. You know, if, if you buy it, you own it or something like yeah. that. So like I said, it was a 10-year-long truce. This peace made in the treaty lasted four years before the outbreak of the fourth Habsburg uh, Velos War <laughs> of 1542. So that 10-year peace was four years long. Okay. Always glad to hear. It should also be noted that Charles and Francis refused to be in the same room together. Really? Yes. They were refusing to be in the same room because they had so much hatred for each other. <laughs> the Pope, Pope Paul III, was forced to be the middleman negotiator no. and go room to room between them to reach oh, an so agreement. Really? He had to run back no. and forth. Oh, I, feel, I would hate to be that guy. That was so <laughs> That'd be like so petty. It's like, really? <laughs> yes. And that's that takes me to that painting I love. I, I sent Nolan <laughs> this, this painting earlier in the week because it's hilarious. And I'm actually going to post this on the social media. So, yeah. <laughs> so let me just explain that. In the middle, you have two gentlemen shaking hands. Okay, so did they ever meet each other? Yes, because this is, on this the left, this is Francis. Okay. On the right, this is Charles okay. shaking hands over we're the agreement. post this to our Instagram, Yes, right? yep. Okay. <laughs> They're shaking hands. Francis looks pissed off with his big nose. Yeah. <laughs> Charles is pointing at him. Most importantly, between the two of them, literally and figuratively, is the Pope. Oh, my gosh. The, Whoever the made bearded this dude, was so smart. The bearded dude in between is Pope Paul. <laughs> So him going fa literally between the two of them, he's now painted figuratively in between the two of them. Like, who's behind this guy right there? I don't know these people. I assume Wait, they're probably... this again? That's Francis, That's right? Francis. Whoever's behind Francis is like, this oh, is so no. natural. This is not going to go well. I don't want to be Does in this painting. Well? Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they break out in war four years later. <laughs> so, yeah. Everyone in this photo is just unhappy or just in a weird state right here. I just love Charles' pointing. Like, I got yeah. this boy, right? Like, we made a great deal. <laughs> You see this guy? I love yeah. this guy. Ah, this look at this guy <laughs> over here. And then Francis with his big nose looks sad as fuck. <laughs> I, that might be my favorite painting in history. I love it so much. Uh, so I should point out now, this is the 1538 Treaty of Nice, mm. not the 1892 Treaty of Nice between the Third French Republic and the Kingdom of Italy, nor is it the 2001 Treaty of Nice from the European Union, which amended the Maastricht Treaty and the Treaty of Rome, which established the European Community. The Treaty of Nice reformed the institutional structures of the European Union to withstand eastward expansion. I know that was about to be... Yeah, what the hell did you say? <laughs> Basically, this is the oldest fucking Treaty of Nice, and there's three treaties ah, of them. Okay. I put that in because I kept getting the other two, because the second one ah. is between... France and Italy. So if you type in Treaty of Nice, France, Italy, mm -hmm. you get that one. And then the other one is the most prevalent one because it happened 20 years ago and okay. not 500 something years ago. <laughs> now, why the fuck did I just talk about that fucking war? Fuck, do I know? I'm going to ask an open ended question. Why the fuck does it matter to us up in England? Why? Well, because of this peace made between Francis and Charles. Henry was paranoid that either one of them or maybe in a tandem effort, the, uh, Germany and France, or the Habsburg Empire and France were going to invade England. Okay. So he was scared that they were going to invade. And because of that, this is going to influence his next marriage. Ah, oh, really? Okay. Yes. Now, these it's thoughts... all coming together. Yep. So these thoughts, they didn't come out of nowhere. Again... <laughs> Our, our good old friend, the sneaky Thomas Cromwell, okay. uh, he had been appointed to being Henry's main spy master, so he was kind of in charge of kind of nefarious doings. Uh, he would provide a list of threats that he, he assembled against the kingdom to Henry, mm. but it's not really known if these are real or made-up threats to kind of influence his politics. Okay. So if these are real or not, it's hard to tell, but regardless, the outcome is... Henry wants to use this marriage now to find an ally on Europe. Okay. Probably got one of those two choices, maybe? Or am I, I'm just He guessing. has a couple, and we're going to talk about that in the next episode, as this is ah. where we end. Ooh. This brings us to where he is searching for his fourth wife. <laughs> <laughs> And of course. <laughs> not, and this wife, because he already has his son, 
He's like, I got my hair. I don't need to get a hair. What I need to do is make sure no one invades us. Yeah. <laughs> so this wedding, or this marriage, is going to be... I didn't want to spend another week just on marriage. <laughs> After spending two weeks reading about miscarriages and... <laughs> <laughs> his man me treated me mean i needed some warfare and some allies so <laughs> we're going to be getting into that a little bit more we're getting a little bit off the continent and we're getting across we're getting not back on boats uh, okay. we're getting we're getting to elizabeth because this is the mom or the woman that she's going to kind of grow up in the reign of okay and that kind of shapes elizabeth a little bit Ooh. so next week we are going to be talking about his fourth wife, I believe, Anne of Cleest. Okay. Uh, we're going to be talking about one of the most controversial and influential blind dates in history. <laughs> oh, wait until you hear about this blind oh, date. Dude, I'm uh, excited to hear yeah, this. Yes. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that next week. And uh, I think that's a, that's a good place to stop yeah. out on. Uh, if you guys appreciated us talking or enjoyed it at all mm -hmm. you know us talking about these uh this arnold palmer of european <laughs> politics uh i think the best way to let us know is to uh go on itunes or spotify yeah, and le let us know what you guys think of the show yeah. so far we take those comments very seriously well, yeah um we're trying to get things in the works um i'm not sure if you said this oh yep yep little I just didn't. jingle yep we have we're a friend helping us out with some music yep we want to get that increase our uh, production quality yeah and check out our instagram as well Yep. Social media. Too. Yep. I, I realized I was like <laughs> driving this week, like after I edited the episode and uploaded it, I was like, what, what did we do wrong? Oh shit. We totally forgot to plug social media. <laughs> so I was in my car. I was like, Oh, so yeah. yeah uh, social media. Don't spend too much time on social media. Except unless for you're looking at us. Yeah. I was mm -hmm. about to say, unless you're just spending it entirely on our page and those pages are <laughs> back row lessons on all of them, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and I'm going to try and be a little bit more uh, active on them. I'm going to post these <laughs> paintings I was talking about because you just got to see some of these things. Oh, they're, yeah. they're hilarious. You got to see this handshake. <laughs> the two bros. They're just two bros. They're just two bros. Two cousins just hanging out over Milan. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, hit us up on social media. Give us a good review. Uh, leave us a, in the review. Just make sure to leave a comment. It, it could be as something as simple as this: these two guys told us to. Or it could be, I wish my hat looked like an onion. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm Nolan. I'm the creator. And, and yeah, what, what, what's your title? I, I'm Paul. And th this has been Back Row Lessons. Uh, <laughs> I think that, that's been a great episode. And we hope to see you guys uh, next week. Thank you all. Woo! All right, cut back. So, like I was saying, I'll cut again. Cut again. Yeah, I got a burp. All right. <coughs> oh, oh god, that hurt. Uh, Maybe I'll keep that one in. <laughs> so as Jane was saying, <laughs> Billy, Billy. <laughs> so uh, what were we saying before that? Okay. All right.